one of my favorite movies growing up was the remake of the Little Rascals movie. And I remember watching it and wanting to be a member of the He-Man Woman Haters Club. And if you remember, the He-Man Woman Haters Club had one rule. No girls allowed. Well, spoiler alert, um, if you haven't seen the movie, what happens is, as the movie progresses, the boys meet girls. And they find themselves in relationships and and the rules begin to shift and change but as i started even thinking about that i started thinking about how from a very young age we are shaped to desire to be a part of the in crowd if you will to be part of the group that's allowed in and this is what's so uh so make it so desirable to be in different groups is because you know all groups are labeled by who's allowed in but also by who is allowed out we begin to identify ourselves by who isn't in. And with that in mind, we hear these words from the Gospel of Mark, beginning in chapter 9, verse 38, where it says that John said to him, him being Jesus, Teacher, we saw someone casting out demons in your name, and we tried to stop him because he was not following us. But Jesus said, Do not stop him, for no one who does a mighty work in my name will be able soon afterward to speak evil of me. For the one who is not against us is for us. For truly I say to you, whoever gives you a cup of water to drink because you belong to Christ will by no means lose his reward. Whoever causes one of these little ones who believes in me to sin, it would be better for him if a great millstone were hung around his neck and he were thrown into the sea. And if your hand causes you to sin, cut it off. It is better for you to enter life crippled than with two hands and to go to hell, to the unquenchable fire. And if your foot causes you to sin, cut it off. It is better for you to enter lame than with two feet and to be thrown into hell. And if your eye causes you to sin, tear it out. It is better for you to enter the kingdom of God with one eye than with two eyes and to be thrown into hell. Where there, are worm, where there are worms, do not die, and the fire is not quenched. For everyone who will be salted with fire, salt is good. But if the salt has lost its saltiness, how will you make it salty again? Have salt in yourselves and be at peace with one another. And this is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. So this section of scripture seems kind of petty compared to what's been going on around this event, the, 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 uh, the whole premise is that a man is healing in Jesus' name, and the disciples cannot stand it, and so they tell him to stop. Jesus has just spoke of being welcomed, welcoming to the least of these and to, the, to those, the, the little ones, the children. And the disciples' response to all of this is to become exclusive, to decide who's not in. Uh, and the root of the problem that for them is he wasn't following us. He's not a part of our crowd. He's not a part of the in crowd. The disciples are trying to protect the world in their own mind but but from what from someone who's doing the good news in christ's name 
yet their hesitation is that he doesn't carry the the correct credentials. He's not a part of the in crowd. He doesn't follow our rules. He's not doing it how I would do it, so it's not right. Their attitude appears to be this closed-off, protective, and fearful mentality. They find themselves operating out of fear instead of mission. And for many of us in our own world, this is how we operate as well. We become so fearful, paranoid, and protective of our belief systems that we lose sight of our mission. We, we, we see everyone as competitors instead of partners. We, we develop an us versus them mentality. We believe that, that we are the in crowd and that anyone that doesn't abide and do how we would do it is not in. And this is the root of so much division and separation within our world. That, that you don't do this how I would do it, that you think differently, that you look differently, that you act differently, and so you're not in. This is the root of things like racism and sexism, this unhealthy nationalism, racial and ethnic supremacy attitudes. It's the root of almost all division that we see in our world today. And for many of us, we hear it and we go, well, yeah, but that's, that's a worldly issue. But sadly, it's also infiltrated a place that is supposed to be labeled by inclusion, love, hospitality, and grace. We in the church sadly have become known for how we close our doors and how we don't welcome in. And God spends so much time throwing open the doors that we are trying to run about closing. How ironic is it that we find in our scriptures that we feel more passionate about the borders of God's kingdom than God does? God says, if you want to come in, come in and experience. Don't, don't push them away. And, and we must rectify this situation, but in order to understand how to rectify this, we must understand why this is an issue to begin with. Why do we find the satisfaction in believing that we are are the bouncers, if you will, of the kingdom of God. What is it about us that we feel accomplished or successful or even more spiritual when we point out someone else's failures or how they're not doing it right? Why do Christians find themselves placed so often placing stumbling blocks in the path of those who seek God in ways that we don't even recognize? We say, oh, well, you want to come to church where well, you have to do this, you have to do that, you have to dress this way, you have to say the right things, you have to walk this way, you have to do all of these things before you can come into the doors. And the problem is, is let them come in. Experience. We can't hold them to this standard of what Christian means before they even experience the risen Lord. Why are we so much better at noticing and judging differences than we are at seeing and celebrating our commonalities? And I think for many of us it may be rooted in this mentality of insecurity. We aren't, we aren't sure where we stand. We're not, we're not sure about our positions. And so we point out the other to feel better about ourselves. If we can say that they're wrong, then we can try to justify it by saying that we're right, even if we're not sure. We, we don't feel secure even in our spiritual identity, and so we mask it behind this sense of spiritual superiority that I've got it all figured out, even as we are all wrestling. That our way is the only way, even as we're 
beginning to evolve and figure out the better way because we need to align our way with God's way. And at some point in our lives, what we do is we shift and we say, well, my way is God's way. And that is a dangerous place to be. Believing that we have it all figured out. Because in our text, Jesus is asking his disciples to tolerate those who are not a part of this inner circle of faith, who do things differently, who are coming and seeking. And he's basically saying that there is no place in this kingdom, in God's kingdom, for this them and us language. The man they correct in our text is viewed as an outsider. Never mind that he's out there exercising demons in Jesus' name. That he's out there doing good, that he's alleviating suffering, that he's healing the broken, that he's restoring people to community, that he's trusting in the name of Jesus to provide powerful and and necessary healing. But the focus is not on what he's doing and on the good that he is doing, but the fact that he's not doing it in the quote-unquote right way. He's doing it differently than the disciples would. He's out on the margins, away from where the disciples might have the influence and control over his works. He's not following us, is what they proclaim. What if he gets this whole religion thing wrong? What if he doesn't say the right words and are in the right order? What, what if he becomes uh, this unorthodox relationship with Jesus begins to gain a following and, and they're doing it differently than we do? And it causes us to change. But Jesus, which I feel like is a great summation of all of the Gospels, honestly, that we believe this, this is happening, but Jesus steps in. And Jesus says, you're missing it. Pay attention to what is important. Because you aren't. He says, he ultimately is saying, faith is hard. There's so much at stake. What, what you say and do, what you focus on, what you, what you prioritize as my disciples, these things matter. But let's worry more, or let's worry about more than just us. Let, let's focus on how we are putting stumbling blocks in front of ourselves and others. Those ways that we try to exclude people who live or worship or serve or practice differently. When did we become so smug and superior in our beliefs that we believe that it is the only, our way is the only way? So we, so we say you can't worship God unless you do it like this. How insecure and fragile must our own faith be if its survival depends on the dismantling of someone else's? Not on standing firm in what we believe, but on, on the dismantling of someone else's. On being So let's stop being these stumbling blocks. Let's stop trying to be bouncers. Let's stop making faith harder for ourselves than for others than it already is. And let's try being God's generous and welcoming host as opposed to bouncers. Hosting the hosts that throw open the doors of the kingdom wide open and, and hosts who understand that there's enough divine goodness, mercy, and justice to go around that say, come as you are. Let's figure it out together. Hosts who trust that God can handle our diversity and delights in it as well. Hosts who respond with joy and gratitude whenever deeds of power are done in Jesus' name. Hosts that say, come on in and we'll walk together. I once heard this poem by 
Sam Shoemaker, an Episcopal priest from the Oxford group, and it's entitled, I Stand at the Door, and I'm not going to read the whole thing, but I do challenge you to go and read it for yourself, but he says in it, I stand by the door. I neither go too far in nor stay too far out. The door is the most important door in the world. It is the door through which men walk when they find God. There is no use my going way inside and staying there when so many are still outside and they, as much as I, crave to know where the door is. And all that so many ever find is only the wall where the door ought to be. They creep along the wall like blind men with outstretched groping hands, feeling for a door, knowing there must be a door, yet they never find it. And so I stand by the door. The most tremendous thing in the world is for men to find the door, the door to God. The most important thing that any man can do is to take hold of one of those blind groping hands and put it on the latch, the latch that only clicks and opens to the man's own touch. And later in the poem, he says, I admire the people who go way in, but I wish they would not forget how it was before they got in. Then they would be able to help the people who have not yet even found the door or the people who want to run away again from God. You, you can go too deep in too deeply and stay in too long and forget the people outside of the door. As for me, I shall take my old accustomed place near enough to God to hear him, to know he is there. But not so far from men as to hear them, as to not hear them. And remember, they are there too. Where? Outside the door. Thousands of them, millions of them. But more important for me, one of them, two of them, ten of them, whose hands I am intended to put on the latch. So I shall stand by the door and wait for those who seek it. I'd rather be a doorkeeper, so I stand by the door. My fear is, for many of us, that we have gone into that door and have shut ourselves in and forgotten about those that are seeking it. That we have become bouncers, we have become so inundated that we have forgotten how we once had to seek in a world that is seeking this door, in a world that is striving for it, that we have lost the art of being doorkeepers and, sh- and guiding others to the door. So let us be doorkeepers and not bouncers. Let us fling the door wide open and welcome all in and not create a list of do's and don'ts. Let our only quote-unquote rules be come as you are and leave changed. Go out and share the love that you encountered and bring others in. I say leave changed because if you come in and encounter the risen Lord, you will not stay the same. And you will go forth seeking to share the love of Jesus Christ. These are not rules. This is just what happens. As we bring others in, as we welcome them, as we open the doors and say, come and encounter. Let us stop being labeled by who we don't let in and fling wide open the door to the kingdom saying all come encounter the risen Lord encounter the love and the grace and the mercy let us, be, let us become defined by our love and not by the ways in which we keep others from encountering God Amen and Amen